on this. That is now recording. Start recording on the camera. Yeah, that's cool. Alright, that's recording now as well. Alright, you ready to start this, yeah? It's your show, bro. I'll let you do the intro. <laughs> Alright, cool. Yeah, that's that's cool. If I fuck up with the intro, better times I'm better. Sorry, don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> Take your time, bro. Hi guys, welcome back to CEO Cast, and I'm especially excited for this episode because I'm with someone who I've known for a very, very long time by the name of Hamza Zahor. He owns several companies, been doing bits, and he's only 22, 23? 23. 23. <laughs> so yeah, do you want to introduce yourself? Sorry, bro. Yeah, guys, my name is Hamza Zahor. Um, I've, like Raheem obviously introduced, um, I've got a couple of companies. Um, I'm humbled to be here myself actually today um, because, you know, Raheem is uh, a dear friend of mine who I've known for many years. And uh, when he told me that he started a podcast straight away, I wanted to be involved um, to help him, but also yeah, to learn that. from him as well, because I think um, you never stop learning. Uh, so yeah, that's that's why I'm here today. Um, and yeah, we're going. Yeah. What what are your companies then? Because I've yeah. known you for such a long time. To a point, I remember you started uh, Arabian Outfitters. Arabian Outfitters. Yeah. Sorry, bro. Um, Evio Vape Liquor. Do you yeah. remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. I remember <laughs> I used to vape and buy liquor for you all the time, which is sick. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now, obviously, you've got Brios Burgers, and you've, the other thing, Social Awakening. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so tell me how that will um, come about. So just. So everyone knows, um, I have been very business minded from very early, um, from a very young age. I knew I wanted to go into business, um, literally from the tender age of 10, 11 years old. Um, Believe it or not, you know, I was genuinely on the business route. Um, I used to tell people straight away, I want to go into business. Um, My cousins used to almost get surprised when I used to say, oh, I want to go into business. Was that more because, were your family involved in business at all? Or was it just like... Um, No, not really, actually. Something that you really wanted to do. Yeah, Um, I I don't know. Uh, I genuinely believe sometimes that entrepreneurship is innate. Um, Some people just have it and some people don't. Um, Not to say that you can't learn it, um, but I genuinely believe that... Some people have the willpower to stop. Some people have, you know, that that thing in them where they they know that they want to go into it and you can't control it you Mm. can't control it it's just a part of god's will yeah um like some people are born to be singers some people are born to be rappers some people are born to be artists i believe entrepreneurship is the same um so yeah so from a very young age um i think the only thing that was really introduced for me from a very young age was technology yeah um, because my dad worked in a in a computer shop so uh i used to always play around with laptops um you know i was i was like a little geek in, in, <laughs> in primary school you know i wanted to be the fastest at typing yeah uh, things like that so technology was very um was very kind of normal to me even before it became a big thing mm. how it is today um but yeah that was that was um that was the technology side of things and then i don't know again how i was interested in business but um i remember so vividly um when i was about 10 11 years old uh, i i used to sit there and i used to go through uh, business ideas of, of what i want to do when i'm older yeah um and then i kind of realized what was the first thing you came up with so i made a lit i remember this um very vividly i i, I sat down in front of a computer mm. uh, and i opened microsoft word and I wrote down a list of different businesses that I wanted to go into. Not yeah. n- not at that age, but that I wanted to yeah, go into. Yeah, in the future, eventually. obviously, yeah. And when I look back on it now, I find it very ironic because I think um, some of the things that I've gone into make sense now, mm. um, which I had no control over. But I remember um, three of the businesses that I had listed was a restaurant, 
a hotel yeah. and uh, a shisha lounge. Believe it or not, at 11 years old, uh, I was thinking about shisha lounge. <laughs> and it's strange. What did your dad think of that? <laughs> it's strange because, uh, you know what? Funnily enough, I have a very good relationship with my parents. Um, shisha was always in my house. Um, even though my dad didn't really smoke it, we just always used to have it. And luckily, my cousins, you know, they used to be very open for me, you know, sitting with them and eventually trying it here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know why, very early on, um, and this is before the shisha lounge craze now, mm. um, very early on, we're talking about what? 10, 11 years ago, um, I saw where the market was going, believe it or not. And I just wrote that on my list. Um, But yeah, so uh, very early on, I knew I wanted to go into business. Um, Over time, I tried to learn little, little things. And this is before I even met you. Um, When I was in uh, secondary school in Luxford, um, I, the first ever thing I tried was do you remember the Ralph Lauren craze? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, the so, polos and all that stuff? Yeah, so I was very business-minded. Um, I saw the craze. Mm. I saw that um, all the young people were going for knockoffs for the fake versions of the Ralph Lauren's. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I found a supplier on, um, I think it was Gumtree. Um, and I contacted him. He had fake polos. Yeah. So he was selling them for about £15 a mm. piece. I said to him, let's do business. Um, I started buying them for £15 a piece, selling them for £25 a piece, um, selling them on Gumtree, selling them to people in Luxford. Yeah. Um, that was probably my first ever venture. Do you know how many you sold roughly? We saw at least 50 to 100. Um, okay, so you made quite a bit yeah, of money. Yeah, and, and, but at that time, I didn't really know what I was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that was my first But that's like venture. the kickstarter for everything. Yeah, and I was about 13 at that time. Yeah. Um, very young. But um, after that... Um, so honestly, guys, just to let you know, I have tried every business under the sun um, because I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneurship. But when I was young, although I had a list of businesses that I wanted to start, I didn't I knew I couldn't go into those. you got to have a taste of everything before you decide really what it is you want to do. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. Mm. Um, I, I, I get the point of that. And yeah. I believed in that. But now when I think about it, I think um, a lot of people that are successful they'll tell you go into something that you love or that you're passionate about yeah um, and I never really understood that at that age because I was like well I don't have capital I'm, I'm a kid realistically yeah. um, I can't open a restaurant I can't I can't open a shishi lounge I'm not even 18 years old yeah so what can I do to make money to get me there um to to put me on the on the kind of ladder um of business um of having capital so then I can then go into other things um so after that um I remember I released the website so that was the f- so I also used to make websites for fun when I was in about year six year seven I used to make websites just casually yeah. don't know why um, but it makes sense now um, and then I started a website which was a blog called Forever Street uh, so that at that time I was very keen on UK rap yeah before it was what it was okay yeah um, that was my first like technological business online and stuff like that um and it was a blog. So it was before GRM Daily was about. It was before Link Up TV was about. It was when SBTV had made it. I saw Jamal Edwards' story and I thought, I, I can remember do this. I bought his book and that motivated yeah. me so much. So very early on, I, I was like, I could do this. Mm. You know, he's young. I can do it as well. Yeah. Um, so I started a blog, but I didn't focus on grime. I focused on rap, UK rap, because it was nothing at that time. Yeah. There was a few artists that have now kind of peaked, like our dad's thing. Back then, it was nothing like how it was. It was nothing. It oh, was yeah. Nothing. I remember you used to um, know our dad's yeah, and show yeah. quite a bit, isn't it? Yeah. So that's how that's started so when I did the blog I used to do like top tens uh of weekly music and people weren't really listening to UK rap at that time so um they actually tweeted me once and were like oh we we love what you're doing um blah 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 and then there was other artists uh, that were reaching out to me 
and they were like, you know what, we'd love to do a video with you. Um, do a video with us. You can post it on your page. Yeah. Um, and effectively, they get a free video out of it, but I get publicity out of it. Yeah. Um, and that's how the game worked at that time. Um, but at that point, again, very young, um, didn't have any camera equipment, barely had any funds of my own. Um, so I must have said to, uh, actually, my sister had a camera. So I was thinking, okay, I'll use her camera. Um and I'll, and I'll go there and do the video. Mm. And the guy invited me to Lewisham. Yeah. And again, very young, no car, nothing like that. So I said to my dad, uh, oh, can I, can I go to Lewisham? He's like, for what? And I was like, oh, I want to record this guy's video and rap music. And he was like, <laughs> do you forget how young you are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, uh. so at that, at that point, I realized this business is not going to work mm. um, because I can't really scale it. Yeah. Um, I'm too young. It's, it's very difficult. Um, but even at that time I was using marketing to my advantage. So at that time it was BBM. So I used to BBM people, promote the page and stuff like that. And naturally, sorry, I can talk for days guys, cause it's such a long journey. I was gonna say, this must be weird for you because yeah. if you, I don't know if you guys know, but Hamza's got his own podcast himself, part yeah. of Social Awakening. Yeah. Um, and this is probably the first time you've been a guest on a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and naturally I'm, I'm, I'm a very good talker. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been in sales, so I know how it is. But naturally, I just like when I'm yeah. around people that I'm comfortable with, I'm, I'm very confident, very happy yeah, to talk. Good, but um, yeah, so that business kind of uh, plunged at that point. Um, and then naturally, I just went into different, different businesses. As you mentioned, um, you know, we, I had a clothing runway before Urban Outfits. So that was an online clothing store. Then I transitioned uh, at the same time. I transitioned into vape liquids yeah. uh, because I saw where the market was going. Um, and the reality is all of those businesses could have been successful and probably would have been successful. Um, but I didn't really persevere with them. Uh, and now I understand why. Um, and the reason why that is, is because you really have to have a passion about your business because it's not an easy road. Um, despite what anyone thinks business is not easy, especially at a young age, because you're looked down upon a little bit because people don't really take you seriously yeah. uh, to a certain extent. And um, yeah, I realized that it's easy to go into business with the mindset that you want to make money, which is probably what I did at that age. I mm. thought, oh, vape liquids, I can make money out there. But you know what the mad thing is though? Sorry to disturb you. No, yeah. no. But fine. the mad thing is every business that you've done, especially with the vape one, you've done it to a pref uh, professional degree. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, I remember you used to have your website and then even when I used to, I used to pick up packages off you because you only live around the corner to me. Yeah. But you do del delivery, obviously. Yeah. But even on your package, you had it branded. Mm -hmm. You had the whole bottle branded and everything was so, it was like a shop could sell it itself. Yeah. And normally if people, if they wanted to think, okay, I'm going to go into vape liquids or something, they'll research how to make it or something themselves. Mm -hmm. I know you had a manufacturer as well and they'll sell it maybe on Instagram, set up a page, but you done it like proper professional. And at yeah. that age, I was so inspired by it. It was like, this guy is sick. You know what it is? I, I think with me, um, very early on, I I used to really pay attention to detail. Yeah. And I used to always, how I like to see it is whenever I try to kind of speak to someone that wants to go into business or even they want to be successful in a career, I always say you have to be like a sponge. You have to really take in everything, the good, the bad, the in-between. You have to learn everything. So what I used to do was in my spare time in secondary school, I used to go home and um, listen to people like Tony Robbins and people that are successful, uh, you know, Steve Jobs, people like that. Yeah. And I used to look at what they were doing. And what I realized was consistently across the board, 
any business that was majorly successful, um, they had a brand. They 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 knew the power of marketing. They understood consumer behavior, yeah. and I think I understood that as well. Consumer behavior very early. I don't know how. I don't think it was something that I um, learned. I think again, it was a bit slightly innate yeah. because I understood. Um, when something is hot, you have to jump on it and you have to make the most of it, like the Ralph Lawrence. At that time, I didn't know anything about business, but yeah. I just knew, okay, this this is popular, yeah. supply and demand. Like people mm. want this. Let me make, let me get it for them, make it easy for them, and and, try and make a profit on it. So, you know, I, I think consumer behavior I've always understood, um, and so that's why I always like to do things professionally. Yeah. Um, even with the clothing, I used to always brand them. I used to have my own labels on them package them correctly i always wanted the end user to really appreciate the effort that this has gone into like it's not just a kid doing a business and in fact with online businesses why i loved it was because i i understood that no one knows who i am no one knows who's running the brand they they're pay they're paying uh for a service or or product they're using their hard-earned money um and you know for them they want to feel like they've uh spent money in a good way Mm. so I didn't want anyone to know who it was. Yeah. Um, I wanted them to feel like it's a proper brand uh, in any case, in any business that I've done. So um, that's why I've really always paid attention to detail. Um, and, and yeah, that's that's basically it. No, that's amazing, man. I mean, that's what a lot of people can learn is just going with the flow. you got to start on something when you're young, especially. Um, not, not especially when you're young, but you have to at least start, get a taste of something you want to do. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Most nine times out of 10, it's probably not going to be successful. Mm-hmm. But it gives you the stepping curb, the learning curb to yeah. know what you want to do. For example, with me, I jumped onto car rentals. That wasn't a stepping stone for sorry, that was a stepping stone for me in learning. Mm-hmm. But I knew it came to a point where that's not something I want to pursue fully in the future. And now it's opened up my mind to a point so much where I want a piece of everything. Mm-hmm. And well, that's probably one of the pod, like reasons why I started the podcast. Mm-hmm. But it's just you gotta get a taste of everything you want to know where you're actually gonna go in the end. So I think that's really key. Yeah, I think um, it's it's good to taste different things because you realise your, about yourself. Because people often say, um, you're saying I should be passionate about something. That's what I should go into business in. Yeah. But a lot of people don't really know who they are themselves. They don't know what they like. They don't know what their hobbies are. They don't know what their interests are to a certain extent. So yeah. they think to themselves, or th- their interests may be nothing that they can even think about making a business in. So... Um, some people struggle with okay what is it that I'm passionate about so you have to taste things in order to um, really understand yourself as well but uh, and you I think you should never be scared of failure mm. um, I think I think that's the problem like you were saying earlier to me that's the problem with this generation 100%. some people don't tend to try things just because they think automatically before they even start they think that's not going to do well I'm going to fail and and so on and stuff like that and they have negative vibe from then and that's why people don't jump onto things 100 percent. and 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 for me I, I think i started very early on in business but regardless i saw so many failures um you know consistent failures in business and it's easy to get demotivated and it's easy to think oh am i really that good at this am i really gonna be good at this am i really gonna be who i think i want to be or who i de- who i'm destined to be um but you have to remind yourself that there's a reason why this hasn't worked. Um, whether that's yourself or whether that's external factors or whatever it may be, but there's a reason for it. And I take failures every day. And people look look at my life and think, oh yeah, he's got businesses, he's successful, he's 23 years old, but they don't realise what's going on behind the scenes. And, and people are very 
careful about what they show themselves on social media yeah, right 100%. now. They don't show their failures. They don't show um, how life really is. And that's one thing about me is I don't like to live a lie. Um, I'm very transparent. When I sit down with people, I tell them about my failures. I, I tell them about my daily struggles, mm. even to this day, because it's important that they have a reality check that it's not all glitz and glamour. Business is not easy. Yeah. Um, you're going to take hits every single day, um, but you have to keep pushing. And that's where the passion comes in. Yeah. No, that's 100% I agree with you. But leading on to that, that's why you, wait, I'd say you've found your, your passion right now, which is mm-hmm. what you call social awakening isn't mm-hmm. it yeah so yeah, how did that so, all come about so uh currently i've got two businesses uh that i'm actively uh managing um yeah. so social awakening was a business that i started in uni i started yeah. in 2017 um again I just, was, just to give a bit of perspective when you joined uni how old were you at that point and how old are you so now? i so i failed my a levels yeah um so i reset uh my sixth form i did btech um Although it's taboo and there's a lot of memes out there. There's a lot of memes out there. I can't say nothing. Yeah, I'm a BTS success story. That's what I am. But no. um, I'm not. (laughs) But no. uh, So I started uni, what was it? 18, I think. Yeah. What what, what age do you normally start? 19, I think. 19, 19, yeah. yeah. So uh, something like that. 18, I think. Uh, Mm. I don't even remember. And um, yeah, so I went into uni. The only reason I went into uni was for my family. Uh, I understood the importance of uni, but for me, I just realized that my path was entrepreneurship. Yeah. Uh, but regardless, I thought, let me go into it. Let me give it a go. Let me at least try. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm very proud that I completed it, regardless of managing businesses. But Social Awaken uh, is, a, is a marketing agency, is a social media agency. Um, I started in 2017, so... I think I was in second year of uni. Okay, yeah. Um, wait, well, yeah, I think second year. Yeah, second year. Um, and yeah, basically I started it. Um, at that time, social media wasn't what it was today or mm. what it is today. Um, and straight away I just realized that there's an op- opening um, if that makes sense. Like I always have. Like opportunity. Yeah, like I always have. I've seen, okay, there's, there's this missing in this market. Let me jump on it and let me see. So it, was, it wasn't it was like anything different to anything I've done before. Yeah. I didn't know I was going to be passionate about marketing. I just naturally became good at it. Yeah. Um, how it actually started was I used to love going out. Um, so I was working at the time as well uh, in the phone industry. So I was making decent money um, for the first time in my life, really. Um, I don't come from money or anything like that. So I was earning my own money. I was working in the phone industry and I really loved hospitality. I Mm. loved going out to restaurants. I loved going to shisha lounges. I loved uh, going to spas. I loved hospitality. So I used to go to different places all the time, every week um, and just experience new places as well as places that I loved going to uh, on a regular basis. And what I realized was at that time, Snapchat wasn't what it is yeah. now as well. Um, but I, like I wasn't an influencer or anything like that. But every time I used to go out, um, on, I used to always snap uh, where I was. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people always used to ask me, where is this place? Um, you know, sh- tell us where you are. We want to go there as well. So a lot of my friends um, used to start asking me, okay, we want to go there as well. So that's when I realized like where I'm eating or where I'm smoking shisha or, or whatever it is, it's an amazing establishment. How do people not know about this? Mm. Um, there's something missing. Like people should be able to know about this information without asking me. Yeah. And then I re- then I found out about Snapchat filters. Yeah. So I started speaking to a few people like, why don't you use Snapchat filters in your restaurant? If I had a Snapchat filter, they would automatically know where I am and they wouldn't ask. Yeah. Um, and the people that don't ask, they don't have the courage to ask where you are. They don't want to pop up or anything. It's a, it's a marketing tool, isn't it? Because you go to a restaurant, if they've got a Snapchat filter, you're going to use it. Exactly. And then everyone in your Snapchat is going to see that. And it's good for the business because 
Think about how many customers they have a day. And then if everyone's using that Snapchat filter, the words are getting spread and you don't even have to do, obviously 100%. you have to do your marketing, but that's one main thing of your marketing. 100%. Snapchat filter is, is a very, very good way to market. So um, that's when I realized like social is not being utilized correctly. There was, obviously social existed and there were brands posting on there and stuff like that, but I didn't, I don't think they really paid attention to detail or really understood consumer behavior or understood you know how to really um engage your audience yeah so literally uh, at that time i thought okay hold on a second i think i've got something here um on top of that i had the clothing business at that time which was quite successful it was international we were getting orders all over the world um and at that time i built a lot of relationships with influencers yeah. so this was before influence marketing was a thing um i was sending my products out to influencers all the time they were promoting it um and i used to get orders off the back of that so i already had a, a relationship with influencers so i thought no social media agency that is already exists is utilizing influencers as far as i know um so why don't i add this into the into the mix of the idea mm. that i will invite influencers to establishments they'll get a free meal or whatever it is um yeah that's how it works guys just in case you didn't know these influencers get free experiences uh but yeah so I realized, okay, this is how it's going to work. Um, but again, I didn't have much knowledge in it. I didn't, yeah. although I built my clothing line to about 10K followers, I had experience with social media and marketing, but I didn't have experience in doing it for someone else. Yeah. Um, so I thought, you know what, what's the best way that I can do it is I can learn on the job. Um, I can go in with no expectations, um, have very basic brand awareness myself mm. um, and just approach businesses and ask them if they're interested in working with me for free yeah. um, I started for free I, I used to say to businesses you know what I'll market your business uh, I'll manage your social media platforms I'll take pictures for you I'll do everything uh, for free Yeah. Um, for a month um, for two weeks whatever it was um, and if you're happy you can continue if you're not no problem so at least you got something out of it so, I was gonna say, so who were some of your first clients when you did that? So my first ever client, uh, so I actually started by sending emails to loads of different businesses yeah. um, and DMs. Uh, and the first client that got back to me was Big Mo's Diner. Okay, yeah. Uh, based in uh, Beckton. Initially at that time, they only had Beckton and Norgate. Um, so I reached out to them. Uh, they got back to me. They were like, sounds, sounds interesting. Let's set up a meeting. Mm. So although I was professional, although I had worked in the phone industry and I... And I knew um, how to communicate, how to present myself. It was my first business meeting, officially, proper, proper. Because all my other businesses, I, it was all online. I didn't have to be customer-facing or anything like that. So um, this was very different. Um, so I realized, okay, I have to go look the part, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, act serious. Um, so I went to the meeting. I spoke to uh, Paige, who was there at the time. She, was, she used to deal with marketing uh, and stuff like that. So I just convinced her. I spoke to her about everything I would do. I went there and with... I went in there with a report uh, and I said to her, you know, this is this is what I think we can do. Um, and she said, yeah, that's fine. Let's, let's do the two weeks. Mm. Let's try it. Let's see how it goes. Um, and that was it. Uh, that's how it all began. Uh, and then within my first two weeks, I signed two clients. Yeah. Uh, paying one? clients. So Big Mo's Diner, eventually after the two weeks free trial, they signed on. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, Ziara's, Ziara's, where I've just come from, Shisha Lounge in Gantz Hill, they yeah. were my second client. Those were the two first clients I signed within two weeks. And I realized straight away I'm onto something. Mm. Um, businesses are giving me money. Um, it's, it's completely different to anything I've done before because everything I was doing before was um, consumer-based. Yeah. This was B2B. Um, I realized who has more money than businesses. Um, as long as I'm giving something of value, 
uh, they have the budgets there for that. Mm. So that's how, that's really how it got started. And I learned as I went along uh, and naturally, naturally scaled yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it's been like a rolling snowball for you because even when I was talking to you earlier, you said you've had clients like the bank, Scion, and you've had etc. But this is where the real inspiration, because it's one thing seeing, like you were saying earlier, like videos of Bill Gates, maybe Gary Vee and stuff like that, mm-hmm. thinking they're so inspirational. But for me, it's even more inspirational when I see someone in-house, someone I know personally thank you, thank you. who's doing it. So you've inspired me in that sense. And it's given me that motivational factor of brain that someone I know is actually doing it. But what I'm trying to lead on to is where you've come now, which is Brios. How did that all come about? Because that was actually a really, when you told me that, I was like, wow. That I appreciate I appreciate your kind words. But um, no, look, I've, I've got a long way to go. I appreciate that. But I definitely have a long way to go. But um, yeah, so Social Awaken, it got to the point where I was at uni, I was juggling uni, I was working at EE at the time, um, whilst managing general life aspects and I was managing a full-time business. Yeah. And these clients, um, they were paying me, so I had to deliver their services. Mm. Regardless of how young I am, what I've got going on, I have to work. So there was times where I was in uni, I didn't do my dissertation till 24 hours until the due date, I was doing work for Social Awaken. I was, I was selling the service, I was delivering the service, I was doing everything in between, going to meetings. Um, I was a one-man team. Um, people didn't know that. People assumed I had a team, but yeah. I was doing everything myself. Um, naturally, it scaled to the point where I've worked with some of the biggest places in hospitality, which I'm, I'm humbled for as well. I've worked with SDK, Wrap It Up, The Bank, Sion Lounge, the list goes on. Uh, and Brio's London, um, they actually got in touch with me because as... As the business grew, Social Awakening grew, um, it got to the point where I didn't have to reach out to clients anymore. Mm. Um, my work kind of spoke for itself. And as I kind of grew a team and things like that, um, you know, people wanted to work with us. Uh, I no longer had to email. Approach or, people. Yeah, you know, th- those days luckily were, were, were kind of behind me. Um, so uh, Brio's London got in touch with us. Um, so I wasn't a part of uh, Brio's as they opened. Uh, they got in touch with me. How long? For, did, how long ago did they open? So it was about July, I think it was. This they year? opened, yeah. Okay, July yeah. they opened. Um, and so yeah, they were a, a client of mine for Social Awaken. Uh, they got in touch with us, and uh, you know, the, the owner that I met at the time, uh, you know, he was he was a very very nice guy. Uh, we connected really well. We had the same mindset of yeah. law of attraction, things like that, and we just hit it off straight away. Um, and you know, he kind of bought into the idea of of me as opposed to my brand of social awaken. He, yeah. he kind of bought into me, and and he realized, okay, this is the right guy for us to. He liked your characteristics, isn't it? Hundred percent. And he really kind of saw that this guy is gonna is gonna take us to the level that we want to. Yeah. Um. And yeah, so I worked with them for a few months. Um. We achieved great things. Um. As a starting business and um you know th- they kind of got to the point where you know they were constantly learning as well about the restaurant industry um and yeah we got we got into the opportunity that um they kind of offered me an opportunity to, to come on board um as a as a business partner yeah uh, and the deal was right um I, I thought you know what this is so just to kind of uh, simplify the story a little bit my end goal for social awaken the reason why i've always specialized specialized in hospitality is because i always knew that i wanted to go into hospitality from that early age of 11 12 where i mentioned so was that your initial goal when you started social awaken you thinking no no so that's no. the funny thing when i first started 
it was not my intention. But now I look at it and I think, wow, when I was 11 and I wrote that Microsoft Word document about the businesses that I want to go into, now it all makes sense. Yeah. Um, and that's why I love Social Awakening so much was because I love marketing, uh, but I also love hospitality. So when I first started Social Awakening, I didn't brand it as hospitality. Yeah. Um, it was just at the beginning, um, the clients that I was attracting was restaurants and, and hospitality. Yeah. So that's when I realized I might as well niche down uh, and focus on one industry. So now... Uh, as Social Awakening grew, I knew that, okay, my end goal is I want to have a marketing machine um, that I can I can open a restaurant tomorrow, I can open a hotel tomorrow, and I can put it through that machine of and Social Awakening. And I can have customers straight away because the marketing model works. Yeah. Um, so when I got offered the opportunity to to become a partner in Brio's, I was humbled. I, I was blown away because I didn't expect to go into hospitality this early. Um, I always thought I'm going to go into hospitality once I have built Social Awakening to a point where it needs to be maybe 28, 29. I will get into hospitality. That was my plan. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so when the opportunity came about, I was like, this is amazing. Um, I would love to be a part. Um, and I just got hands on straight away. So yeah, no, that's where I am That's now. really, really good. Give me one second. Let me check the camera. Go on. Oh, cut it. Is it cut off or something? It was about to cut off. Oh, perfect. Good timing, man. Yeah. Has it been half an hour already? Yeah. Bro. Shit. <laughs> fuck. I was checking that's why I was checking on the on the thing in Mhm. So I just ended on that's how I got into Brio. So I think you you can jump in now, innit? How do you think it's going so far? Bruv. I'm not even feeling the time, bro. What is it like? Yeah, it's sick. Amazing, bro. I'm just being myself. That's exactly what I want. I want people to be themselves. I don't. But you need to cut me a little bit, bro, because I'm talking too much. Start. I'll see you when I'm editing it. Yeah. Because generally, when I'm editing it and I'm thinking. Like, not in offence to you or anything like that, and I'm thinking, okay, there's a bit of, a bit of talk. Yeah, of then talk you can cut it. Yeah, you can cut then it. I'll cut it, but, but I don't know if I can with you, because <laughs> everything you say is very, very knowledgeable. It's relevant, yeah, yeah. it's relevant. It's, it's relevant. relevant to everything, like your business right now and everything like that. So in, in that sense, I kind of don't want to cut it. Just see, we'll, we, can, we can, I think we will be all right with the one hour mark. I think we'll be all right. And so far, it's half an hour, but it's good because... So, so, yeah, so we've gone into Brio's now, so you can start asking about Brio's, um, and then maybe towards the end, you can just start talking about young people, business, whatever you want. Yeah, Yeah, cool, bro. I I know you do, bro. Podcast host. (laughs) No, bro, that's you, man. Nah, nah, nah. Learning from you right now, bro. I haven't done a podcast in a while. No time, bro. I haven't done a podcast in that three, three, two, three months. Yeah, I know. I've seen it, man. What was the last thing you said about Brios? So I said, um, yeah, that's how I got involved hands-on in Brios. You said the partnership and all that stuff? Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, Shall I continue recording? So just say, so you asked me how it came about. Um, So just, just you can maybe say, uh, so how has that been since you, uh, how long has it been or how has that been? 
So seeing as you wanted your initial idea of, well, it wasn't your initial idea to, sorry, let me start that again. So seeing you got into hospitality and you said you had a dream of coming into hospitality, now that you're in it, how have you experienced it? Because um, a lot of people get into it and they think, okay, it's going to be easy or something like that. You may even have the dreams or think, I can do this. But now you're actually hands-on compared to ha- like hands-on other people's businesses. Now you're actually in it. Mm-hmm. How's it been? Yeah, so uh, with Social Awaken, I was very hands-on behind the scenes with businesses uh, yeah. of hospitality. So I understood how everything worked. But being hands-on as a business partner yourself in a business is very different. Um, and, you know, business as it is like i said it's not it's not easy it's not what it seems it's not a walk in the park it's not a walk in the park and hospitality although i know it very well um being involved in it is a whole different whole different ball game uh but look i love it uh i think it makes sense um i i truly believe this was what i was meant to be doing yeah um whilst i love social awakening and obviously that will continue um you know this has always been my end goal and this is just a start of hospitality for me um so yeah, as as it is right now, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I really, really get hands on. So if you do ever come to Brio's, you'll see me there. I'm happy to serve a table. I'm yeah. happy to clean tables. Yeah, I'm maybe one day we can get a video of you there. Yeah, maybe I not mean, a podcast, but just show you. Yeah, look, I'm I'm very hands on. Scenes of Hamza Zahor. Yeah, and look, <laughs> I, I you know for me, um, I don't have that ego of how some people do about being being a business owner. I might have a successful business already, yeah. and I've gone into Brio's. Um, I people may assume that in business you, you can sit back and you don't have to do anything but I, I believe the opposite mm. I've worked with some of the best restaurants and, and, and clients out there and I've seen what works and I've seen what places I like going to yeah. and I think when the owner is present and active and people caring people have more of a personal connection 100% and I genuinely care about every customer mm. that walks in that's why I like doing these podcasts because okay there's one thing seeing the business but knowing the person behind it and especially when you do podcasts, you generally tend to have, or you feel like you have more of a personal connection with them. Mm-hmm. So people who be watching this, seeing you, oh, he's actually a cool guy and all that stuff. Let me visit <laughs> Brio. So let me yeah. become, let me let, let him do my marketing or something like that. So I think it's quite amazing in that sense. But I can see what you're saying. When you're there yourself, people generally have more of a personal connection to you. And especially when you introduce yourself, like, hi, I'm Hamza. Mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> the owner of Brio, something along them lines. They they value the business more mm-hmm. and they tend to come back more. I yeah. Think. Yeah, definitely. Like, I, you know, I think people appreciate that, you know, you might be the owner, but you're happy to clean our table. You're happy to serve us. You're happy to do whatever you need to do. Yeah. Um, you, you, you're not just relying on the people that work with you. And, and look, we're very lucky. We've got an amazing team of, at Brio's as well. Um, but I think, uh, early on the business is still very new um it does need that love uh and that real connection from owner the love that only an owner can really give yeah um and i don't think that will ever change i've always been very customer centric Mm. in my other business i've been very client centric where i really genuinely care and i think that's why one of the things that people buy into me is that i don't just do it for the check or the money or the satisfaction i do it because i genuinely care yeah uh, and i really am passionate so when a customer walks into brios and they dine with us uh, whether that's eating takeaway or, or even a delivery i do try to go extra mile um to make them feel that you know we we feel appreciated because you can go to so many different places um and the fact that you've chosen us is 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 a, is a, is a huge thing yeah, yeah. I, I i feel grateful every time a customer walks in because 
they're coming in for whatever reason they've chosen to come to brios they've chosen to dine with us um they're, they're spending their hard-earned money they have to have an experience that they're going to enjoy yeah um and i've always been a, a customer of hospitality and i know i know what i like so i always like i said i always go to every table make sure everyone's happy um and i'm also very open to feedback and mm. i think that's one thing that um separates me from other other business owners is that sometimes uh, in hospitality when you're making the food like when you're when you have an establishment and you've put so much hard work into it and someone criticizes your business people get kind of thrown off a little bit they get a bit negative like yeah you know who's this guy telling yeah, us 100%. about our food yeah. but with me um i genuinely try to ask people like sometimes it's awkward for the customer if they're not happy or yeah. they didn't enjoy their dish particularly that day or um you know something was wrong or whatever it may be sometimes they struggle to say it so i go to them and i say genuinely how was everything did you really enjoy everything yeah. i want your honest feedback and nine times out of ten everyone's happy because we have really putting that effort into the food into the service into the ambience and i've really tried to implement a lot of changes since i've come into brios as well um you know not to say it was bad before but you know it's we, just small we, improvements yeah we want to constantly improve and, and that's why i'm there yeah um i've come on as a partner because you know i need to improve things i want to take it to the next level yeah um so yeah nine times out of ten everyone's happy but you do get that one out of ten of hospitality it's, it's a very subjective industry uh, but you have to be very open to it you have to be open to feedback you have to be open to making that customer feel that they're they're not kind of dissing you they're they're helping you um, mm. and that's how i see it. if someone is giving me feedback i appreciate it i appreciate them giving me feedback to my face as opposed to going onto a review page yeah because that's not going to really get anywhere i'm not really going to understand everything if a customer is unhappy and they've asked me oh, and they've kind of spoken to me about why they're unhappy, I can really open a conversation yeah. and really take their feedback on board and, and try to go back to the drawing board and, and, and improve. Because like I said, we're very early on. This is my first venture in hospitality. We're always learning. Every single day we're learning. Um, every single day we're improving. So um, You can never get enough knowledge and that's why I stress to a lot of people. 100%. That's why I want to get so many people on this podcast because firstly... I can absorb everything. I think I'm a very good listener. Yeah. But everyone else who watches these videos, the, I want to thank you firstly for watching them. But secondly, you don't realize how much knowledge is going into your head. Mm-hmm. And that's going to help mm-hmm. you so much into the future. But uh, yeah, sorry, carry on. Yeah. So yeah, 100% <laughs> I agree with you. And I think um, it, that's another reason why I started my own podcast was because um, I wanted to learn um, from people in hospitality how they do it or, yeah. um, you know, what, what are the keys to success? Um, because... It's a very difficult industry. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but hospitality has the most suicide rates uh, in any industry. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, amongst chefs, amongst business owners. Yeah. Because it's an industry where you are constantly, constantly um, delivering. Yeah. It never stops. Um, you have a good day, you've got to start again the next day. Mm. Um, you, Everyone's happy one day, you've got to make sure the food is just as perfect the next day. Mm. Um and you're constantly evolving and taking people's feedback and you know it's long hours unsociable hours so um yeah like you was telling me before the podcast you haven't even got time for for a lot anymore really 100% i'm to be honest with you i'm 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 working seven days a week at the moment um and i have been for the past few months um Mm. even when i was doing social awakening by itself 
Um, I was always working day and night, 15 yeah. hour days. Um, but now, because I've put that love into social work and that time into it, I don't need to be there all the time. Yeah. Um, so I dedicate at least two days a week to social awakening, And now I dedicate five days to Brio's because that's my main priority right now. Because mm. I know it needs the love and it needs to be, I need to be there. I need to be present. I need yeah, customers to see me um, so that they can feel welcome as well. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a constant grind. Um, but that's what I love about business. I, I love the grind. Mm. I I cherish it. Even when I was very early on, I used to love the 15 hour days um, because although it was hard, although it was difficult, I knew my hours that I'm putting in is going to benefit me at some point. Um, But the problem is uh, a lot of people struggle with that. They don't know. um, They don't have that same love for the, for the time that they're putting in. Um, And they don't realize a lot of people kind of think the grass is greener when they're working in a job. They assume that, Oh, I'm working eight hours here. If I have a business, I could just have to work two hours a week. And you got to put in I'm more good. graft. It doesn't. Yeah, exactly. It I remember work when like I had one of my businesses, and I thought, okay, yeah, it, like I said, it was car rentals. So essentially, you just rent the car out to a person. You don't understand the amount of back, like the background that you have to do, and it was taking up so much of my day. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, oh, this isn't what I was expecting, and that's why, for that, for that reason, that thing wasn't for me, just because. It, there's so much. To, I mean, that's another topic. I've got a person to cover that anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I can see what you're saying is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to put, put out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, for me as well, like when people kind of um, talk bad about employment, about where they're working, I kind of try to gauge why they're unhappy about their job. Because I think our generation struggles in general with employment. You know, they're kind of in this perspective that they want to be in business. Yeah. Everyone wants to be in business now. Um, and And it's not as easy as it seems. Um, but more importantly, I worked employment myself um, mm. from the age of 16. I, I started working. Um, it wasn't, although business was innate in me, I knew that I had to be in certain environments for me to become a better version of I myself. I think that's been the most important factor in my life, regardless. Okay, now it's it's a very touchy subject, subject to say to a lot of people, but personally, I'm not doing retail anymore. Uh, that's just because I choose not to. Um, but I think it's so important to to be in retail mm-hmm. so firstly you know it's like working for another person yeah you haven't got your own hours that you can choose or anything like that but secondly you realize how hard it is um and that what i'm trying to get at is a lot of people nowadays especially the youngsters they don't want to get a job they'd yeah. rather do other stuff mm-hmm. to make money mm-hmm. they don't want that graft mm-hmm. and so they're not going to get hands-on and they they don't get that motivational factor to open their own business which is why it, it, i just think it's it's the wrong mindset in that sense Hundred percent. You know, because uh, me and you both worked in coffee warehouse. Mm-hmm. Shout out to them; <laughs> they, they were sick. But it, it's so hands on, and I think that's been a both. I can pretty sure you could say this as well. It's been a building block for my whole personality mm-hmm. in terms of selling and building up your whole personality and everything mm-hmm. like that. Look, I I think um, you know people that have the perspective that they don't want to work is a negative mindset. Yeah. Um, I think. Look, I, from very, very early on, I knew I wanted to go into business. 11, 12 years old. Most people don't don't know at that age what they want to do mm. in life. Forget going into business. But that didn't mean that I wasn't going to work. You know, I had side hustles. I had things that I was doing on the side. A lot of the businesses that we spoke about, I was always doing it on the side. I always had work because yeah. I valued it. I started working when I was 16. My first ever job was door to door. A uh, very very hard job. Uh, you're not paid a wage. You're paid commission only. Yeah, yeah, you have yeah. to sell charity packages. That mm-hmm. was my first job. Then I transitioned into the phone industry, um, and that's kind of where I was. But for me, 
I think who I am today, a big part of it was where I worked yeah. because I was never as confident I as I, yeah, I, mm. I wasn't ever as confident as I, as I was before uh, those employments. Being in sales, being in retail, you get customer uh, opportunities where you start speaking to customers, you start learning. I, I, for me, I have always been under the mindset that no matter what I do, even if life doesn't go my way, uh, where I don't get into business, luckily I have, and I continue to work at that, but you never know. Um, although I have a lot of uh, success as my vision, um, you never know. And mm. I would never have the ego to say, I'm not going to go back to work yeah. if it all didn't work out. Because mm. for me, I think, look, work is great. Um, you need to pay your bills. We're, we're adults here. Um, you know, you can't rely on your parents or going into the roads or whatever you want to do. It, it's not It's not sustainable. So, <clears throat> so excuse me. So, That's cool. Uh, yeah, so for me, I I really valued where I worked uh, and I tried to be the best, number one, I tried to be in everywhere I went. Um, I always strive to be the best and mm. I think you have to have that mindset. When I was in Carphone, I was one of the top sellers in the country, top 40 in the country at 18 yeah. years old. EE, I was always number one in my region. So for me, I valued those companies. I didn't see it as, oh, I've got work tomorrow. I yeah, saw yeah. it as... I've got work tomorrow. I, I loved it because yeah. I don't know about you. I, I didn't know you at this point. When I was in secondary school, so meaning from year seven to where is it year eleven, mm-hmm. I was very, very, very quiet. I was that shy person in class who hardly used to. I say remember. Anything. I remember even yeah. sixth form. You was yeah. Quite but quiet. you know what? When I got a job in retail and I'm speaking to different people every single day, or even when I've changed jobs and I've got a different team and all that stuff, mm-hmm. I have become so much more talkative. And you, it's just something you learn, and. I love it because it makes you the person who you are today. You, I can have this conversation 100%. with you. If I didn't do that... You probably wouldn't have the podcast today. It, there we go, mate. Because yeah. I wouldn't like be able to have the confidence to even approach people. So it's just it's just a big, big factor. You I have think. to you have to value every moment in your life. Yeah. Um, it's very, Don't take anything for granted. You can't. And sometimes when you go through certain things, whether it's failure, whether it's success, whether, whatever it is, you can't look at it in the moment as why me mm. um a lot of people have that mindset of why am i going through this oh i, I see hamza doing this on social media yeah. oh, i see raheem doing this on social media no nah, because you don't know the struggles that we go through yeah you have to focus on your own life you have to realize that everything that you're going through is is a stepping stone as you mentioned um you know i went through employment and i'm grateful for that because everything i learned i now implement um everything i've done prior to this point it's helped me to where I am today, um, including the failures. Hmm. You Sometimes you don't appreciate the highs without the lows. So even now, like I, I have the mindset that I never have regret. Yeah. Even if um, something went wrong, I've made poor business decisions in the past. Like every day, sometimes you make decisions that are wrong. When the, in the moment you think oh, that's going to be a good decision. And then three, three, three months later, 12 months later, you think, oh, that was the wrong decision. Yeah. I, sh- I regret that. But you can't regret because what I always say is never regret. Um, just kind of value what you went through because regretting means you're looking back and you're thinking, I went wrong. Mm. And whilst it's good to learn from your experiences, you shouldn't let the past dictate your future. Um, I always see... I think it makes your future in some ways. 100%. And look, when you when you went through what you went through, like let's say for example I made a decision 12 months ago yeah. and that decision that I made was a wrong one that I've now realised in hindsight 
But at the time, it made sense to me. So even if I went back, even if I had, a, if even if I had the ability to go back, I probably would have made the same decision again because mm. at the moment it made it made sense. Yeah. So there's no point of having regrets because you have your decisions on a daily basis. You make your decisions now. You have to live with the repercussions or the success of it. You know. So that's that's what I think. Um, and I definitely, like I said, I definitely promote employment. I think it's better than doing nothing. Um, it's character building at the least. 100%. Um, and look, you, you you're making money if you have visions of, um, you know, opening a business or. Bro, you can save that money to open your business. 100%. In Carful Warehouse, it was so easy to earn a thousand pound a month. Sometimes even like eighteen hundred, two k, and that's as part time, just based on commission. Mm-hmm. That's what I used to earn anyway. Yeah. Um, but it's just so you can save money in six months' time. You've got what almost twenty k. But see, look, this is the thing, right? Our generation really, really, really has to learn the power of patience. Yeah. Um. I'm 23 now, but people don't realize I've been doing business for maybe 10 years. Yeah. Starting from the the, the Ralph Lauren Polos, I've been doing business for a long time, and I've been doing other things. So I might have an advantage in terms of years, but that doesn't mean you can't start right now. And mm. there's no point of you, um, kind of living in the moment in the sense where living a lavish lifestyle to impress others. Yeah. You should really look at your finances and say to yourself, if I really want to achieve success, if I really want to be a successful individual, I have to make sacrifices. Yeah. So instead of going out, spending a couple hundred pounds a week. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I used to live that life and I look back at myself. And likewise, like, likewise. Wow. Likewise. And, uh, you know, for me, I've, I never really did it for other people. Yeah. I always did it for myself because I wanted to enjoy the moment. But I've realized that you have to sacrifice in the short term if you want to achieve big things. Hamza, I remember when I was working in Carphone and I, I turned 19, yeah, and uh, for my 19th birthday, I spent half my paycheck on a pair of Giuseppe's. <laughs> and I look back at it like, wow, I thought I was rich. When I look back at it, I was, I thought I was very rich, yeah. Um, it, I just look back at it now like, what a waste of money. And what, like, why couldn't I have saved that? Why didn't I invest it in something else? Why didn't I buy shares in something? It's it's mad. There's a lot of things to learn in life. But you don't learn you're these right. things when you're not working or you're not earning money in the correct ways or anything like that. You need to learn. The reality is, look, you learn from it, right? Yeah. And, that, and that's why it paid that's off. That's what matters. Yeah. Um, the problem is, is that we don't learn these things. Mm. Uh, at home, you don't really speak about money with your family. It's kind of a taboo subject. Um you know, you don't speak to it about your friends because no one has money, especially where we come from. Yeah, yeah, um, It's very rare, you know. Um, and on top of that, you don't learn that in school. So you, wh- how are you supposed to learn money management or the power of you, of having your own money? Naturally, when you start earning money your, yourself, you start thinking, yeah, I can finally start buying things that I wanted to, um, which is not wrong. I don't think that's wrong. I think you have to just learn from it at yeah. least. And, you know, sometimes you have to get out of your system, you know, every now and then sometimes I... I, I think, you know, as much as I said, it was, it was um, I learned a lot from... No, not learned a lot. I said, I bought the Giuseppe's and I look back and like, it was such a waste. I've learned that, that like you said, I'll go ahead on my system. Like, I've done it. I know yeah. what I did. I know what I did wrong. I know I shouldn't have done it. If I didn't do it, I'd probably, not saying I'll be going out splashing money, but I'd probably making the same mistake now that I did back then. So I'm glad in a way that I did it when I was 19. Yeah, and, and credit, to you, credit to you for learning because <laughs> most people don't learn from the experiences. Yeah. And that's why they end up 40, 50 and then they start regretting life because mm. they're like, I never learn. Not only did I not learn, because people learn, people people kind of talk about 
certain experiences they've gone through, but they don't implement, they don't execute yeah, 100%. based on their failures or, or their decisions. So it's important to not just learn, but to actually take practice and ownership of what you're saying and what you're doing. Um, there's no harm in, in, in splashing out here and there, but you have to justify it. You have to understand, okay, is this rational? Mm. Um, and, and going back to our generation, um, you might look at me and, and, and think, oh, wow, he's, you know, he's got a business, a couple of businesses and stuff like that. But genuinely, there's a lot of graph that goes into it. And I still have patience to a certain extent of, I know where I want to be. And that's not where I am right now. I mm. know where I want to be. Um, so yeah, likewise. yeah so you have to you have to have a vision um you can't just have success overnight whilst we get marketed by people online telling us yeah you can get rich in 24 days or 25 yes. days and a lot a lot of people do you'll that, see on that. Instagram. You'll people see that. a sad thing is you see people getting blagged into it as well yeah and and look there's other things there's things that you know there's genuine people out there as well but yeah. you can look at things like trading you can look at things like uh, running a, a Shopify store you can talk mm. about different things that people promote that you can get rich quickly yeah. but none of those I can tell you from first hand experience yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You, none of those you'll, you'll earn money straight away mm. everything requires patience the only thing that you'll earn money straight away is the roads and that's not a life you want to live <laughs> yeah, um, straight up. And, and that's why people get influenced so easily because they look at rappers they look at trappers they and see they think, the cars they see the watches they see all the glamour but that life ends in two ways Either yeah, death or, or in prison, jail. Yeah. And that's the truth. Whether you want to believe it or not, you might be one of those I people think right we've now. we've both seen right. it from our own eyes. 100%. From people 100%. who we know. 100%. Like I've seen people uh, that I grew up with go to jail. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, it's... Probably the same people. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy, bro. Yeah. Like, and, and, and that's the thing. Like you have to kind of rationalize it that this is not the future, you know? It's, it's mad easy to get glamorized by... Talk, talk to you and obviously us having this conversation is mad because when we went to Loxford, that's what we were surrounded by, yeah. left, right and centre. Yeah. I'm not saying that we're better than anyone else in no, that way. Of course but not. it's just hard not to get caught up in that. It is very hard to not get caught up in it. Um, I think you have to be disciplined early yeah. on. And look, you know, you can make your own um, kind of mistakes. You mm. can make mistakes because we're still young. You know, people think, oh, I'm 23 now. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. That's okay. You have 40, 50, 60 years yeah. um, left of your life. Just make the most of it, yeah. you know, just do what you love, do what you want to achieve, get get those things done. Don't focus on the past of your mistakes of, oh, I'm 23 and uh, I'm nowhere near as successful as this person. There's no point doing that because you're just going to get depressed, to be honest with you. 100%. Um, I used to do that. I've I used to there. look at people and think, raw, like these guys are young. Why They've am done I not it. doing my thing? Well, I'm working so hard and I haven't achieved half the things that people have achieved. But yeah. you, everyone, let me say one thing, right? Um, someone said this to me and it really resonated with me was everyone lives their own journey um, everyone has a different journey everyone is destined to do different things don't compare my life with your life because you don't know the struggles that I've been through mm. maybe you wouldn't even want the struggles that I've been through to get to the point where I've got to um, so always be grateful of your moment um, always be always count your blessings yeah. um, you know never really look at other people and just be confident that what you want, you can make it happen as long as you put the graft in. Everything is about timing, I believe. I'm a 100%. firm believer of that. Because like, like I was telling you earlier on, um, before the podcast, um, I was saying how I was 95%, for people listening or watching this, um, last year I was 95% close to uh, opening a shisha lounge, launching one. Mm -hmm. um, 
or there was four of us. Anyway, didn't work out in the end. We were ninety five percent class B. Mm-hmm. We had the place there. We had everything, whole business plan, all that stuff. Um, this is moving on to the future of you as well, by the way. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so, but I think what I'm trying to say is everything's about timing. It mm-hmm. might not have been good then for me. God might have said, "No, hold on, wait a minute. Yeah, you're a bit young. Yeah, do it next year or something like that." Which is really why I'm keen on doing it. <coughs> Sorry, but I wanted to ask. Um, so, in terms of timing, what do you see the future for yourself? your social media, Brios, where, where do you see everything going? You know, I think it's very easy to answer that question in the sense of what you want out of life. Mm. But I think this year has made me realise that you can't fully plan life. 100%. And that's the reality. Um, you can have goals. And I really I really believe in goals. I, I love to set goals. Every year I set goals. Every every day I set goals. It's um, the most important thing you can do. Otherwise, what, very what else important. do you live for? Very if you don't important. have something on your board on your phone saying this is what I want by yeah. X amount of time, what are you actually trying to achieve? Hundred percent. Like I've always had a vision board um, of what I want to achieve yeah, that yeah. year. I've got one of them in my room. Yeah, <laughs> because it's important to visualize what you want, um, whether it's materialistic things or not. But um, I've realized that yes, it's important to have goals. It's important to have plans, but you never really know. Like I didn't expect to be involved in a restaurant this year. Yeah, um, that was not my plan. That was God's plan. So um, that. I have to be grateful for. Um, and, you know, even if I tell you the story of how I got into Brio's, it was very funny because the opportunity came about. Um, it was very, very spontaneous. Yeah. Um, my my business partners now, we, we went out. Uh, we were there to discuss something completely different. And the conversation just came up about my future, my end goal. They wanted to understand about me, about what I want out of life. Yeah. And I explained to them what I said to you about getting into hospitality eventually. And they kind of saw the glitter in my eye about, that he's really serious passionate about it passionate the about passion. it. and that's how the initial conversation happened um and one of the things I, I really believe in is law of attraction so i believe that if you visualize it if you believe that something can happen it will happen if you if you give positive energy out to the world it will give back to you i i genuinely believe that and i've really learned that this past Agreed. 12 months Agreed. um but in terms of my future um you know look i I'm like I said. I always like to be the best at what I do. I want to take Brio's um, to the next level. I really want to get it to the point where um, it's a self-sustaining business where I don't have to be there, but I can choose to be there mm. um, and still give that customer service that I give right now. Um, but you know, other branches. Um, I also want to get into other parts of hospitality, mm. like I always wanted to. Um, I'm looking to open up a shisha lounge soon myself, uh, which I've always wanted to do. In fact, I... I'm going to touch on that in, in a second, but carry on. Sorry. Yeah, so I actually, uh, like I said to you, I wrote it on my list when I was about 11. So when I was about 15, yeah. um, I seriously started looking at properties when, yeah. when I was that age. And this was before the shisha lounge craze. Um, and then later on, in, then I kind of realized that, look, I don't have the capital. Secondly, um, I'm, I'm not even 18 myself, so I can't even consume shisha legally. Mm. How can I have a shisha <laughs> business, right? <laughs> So I kind of let that idea go. And yeah. then when I was about 18, when I was working in Carfin Warehouse, a friend of mine uh, at the time owned a estate agents. Yeah. So I said to him, let's go view some properties. I want to I wanna get into the shisha lounge game. Um, but it wasn't right timing for me. Um, it, it didn't work out like how it didn't work out for you. And um, I realized why, because at that point, I hadn't started Social Awaken. Now, look, I'm, I'm grateful that I've got so many friends that are in the shisha lounge industry, that are in the restaurant industry, that I can genuinely call friends. Yeah. Um, I can constantly get advice from them. Um, and one, when I'm ready to kind of launch that, they, I would have their support, not their... Uh, they wouldn't wish bad upon me because I'm in the industry. They would kind of push me because they know, look, this is the guy, this is our friend. Um, you know, so... 
I yeah, so that's my future. That's what I see. Um, continue to scale social away, can get it to a point where we become a bit more international. Because right now we're we're focusing more on uh, UK clients. Um, we've worked with uh, clients outside of UK, like in Dubai and, and things like that. But um, more properly, uh, maybe offices around the world at some point. Um, but I don't want to rush things. Mm. Uh, I, I do realize that I'm young and it's easy to get caught up in things. It's easy to scale a business too quickly before you can, uh, before you're ready. Um, I've tried that in the past and it doesn't always work out because when you try to scale too fast, it can fall flat on your face. So I now appreciate patience. I appreciate that I want to take Brio's one step at a time. I want to continue taking social waking at one step at a time um, and eventually um, grow the marketing agency and get into more hospitality ventures like hotels, uh, restaurants, shisha lounges, things like that. Let me restart the camera again. Sorry, bro. Did it cut off? Huh? Did it cut off or did... No, it's going to cut off. Okay, cool. Going good? Yeah, bro. I'm enjoying it, man. I didn't realise how fun it is to be on the other side. Because you know when you're doing the hosting, you're thinking about how do I get to the next question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what goes through my head all the time. But when you're on the other side, yeah, it's just you just talking. free reign, isn't it? Just like, I'm gonna do one with Awesome tomorrow. Yeah, but he's gonna be asking me, so I'm gonna be on no the other way. Side. So it's gonna be a diff- bit different, but I'm only doing that because That's sick. you want to introduce yourself a little bit, innit? exactly. Sick. And I thought basically, I didn't think when, when I was doing a view that I'd have all this podcast equipment, so I was like, okay, that's what great for me and him to test it out. I'm still gonna do that tomorrow, but <clears throat> now it's just more about the introducing factor. No, that's who I am and what I'm trying to do. Hundred percent. You need to continue to push yourself out there because um, it's hard, man. All the social media and shit. But bro, you got co- you got content now. I'm, I'll tell you what I'm trying to do after the podcast. Right. Cool. Let's record it again. So that I ended it on my future, so you can now. Yeah. Jump in. Cool. No, you ended it on a full sentence anyway. So yeah. Cool. Is this still recording, which it should be? Yeah, that's working absolutely fine. Just talk for me a second, Hamza. Testing one, two, three. Wicked. All right. One second, let me adjust that fucking. Sorry, man. <laughs> no, don't worry, bro. <laughs> Trying to get comfortable. Testing, one, two, three. Testing. Yeah, that's cool. <sighs> yeah, Hamza, what I wanted to ask you... So let, me, let me just start that again. Yeah, Hamza, so what I wanted to ask you is, you know how we both said about shisha lounges and all that stuff? When I wanted to start it last year, it was competitive. This year is very, very competitive. So how do you deal with competition for cheese lounge, firstly, but also in hospitality? Because there's so many burger places nowadays. I've seen it all over the place, but mm-hmm. how do you deal with it? I mean, it's, it's very hard. Mm-hmm. So what's your views yeah, on that? Yeah, I think, look, I think the hospitality industry will always be competitive. Mm. I think shisha lounges and restaurants, um, that especially halal restaurants and obviously shisha lounges, it's a big part of, our culture, yeah. um, Asian Arab culture. And so 
naturally people have seen the success of it so they all want to kind of get involved in it they want a piece of the pie yeah um but what you'll realize is, is that we're touching probably a recession let's be honest um we've got brexit coming up um it's going to be a tough time so um a lot of businesses already this year have struggled yeah. because um uh you know consumer be- uh, consumer stability is not there people are not spending as they were the previous year 100% um so the businesses that you look up to and that are successful they're actually down at the moment because i i see those figures because yeah. i'm a part of it not only with brios but i see it a part of social awaken because mm. that affects my line of work right yeah. um so i know that it's very competitive but it's also um a difficult time right now um but i think you have to always find a way to stand out um and it seems easier said than done but there's always things that you can notice that some some shisha lounges or some restaurants aren't doing that you could potentially do i remember when um i was going to open it we went to a good 100 different shisha lounges all over the country trying to find different things mm-hmm. and we found a usp don't share too much information yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'll tell you after yeah but, but um, um no, sorry, carry yeah, on. Yeah, no, I think um, there's always going to be USPs. There's always going to be things that you can stand out in. Mm. Um, and naturally, look, um, like you said, burgers are very competitive. How do we stand out? We stand out because we we have different coloured buns. You know, we the service, I try to I try to give world-class service, Michelin-star yeah. service. It's important. Um, in a burger place, which you wouldn't expect. If you go to your local burger place, you're not going to get that level of service mm. um you're paying low end for a burger or middle end um you're not going to get service without uh being charged service charge yeah, yeah, yeah i pride myself in giving the best service um as well as my team obviously um giving great food and giving a great overall experience that they can then think that when they leave the place wow this is amazing like I can I can share uh, some interesting stories. Like I've had people from Birmingham, Manchester. They've travelled all the way just to come to Brios mm. because they've seen it on Instagram. They've seen the hype of it and they want to try it. And I make sure that when people come from that far, even if they come from local, but if they come from far, um, the they really really get that experience because they've gone out of their way to become a customer. Yeah. Um. Now I need to make sure that when they leave, they they're just ecstatic they're they're talking about the service they're talking about the food um and you know sometimes you can't you know sometimes you can only do as as well as you can um not every single customer is going to be happy that's a part of hospitality yeah but you have to do everything in your power that you can um and if they're not happy you really take their feedback on board um but i think there's always going to be room for other competitors um you know especially when a, a model is successful um naturally it opens up room for other other businesses so for example if you opened up a shisha lounge let's say six seven years ago it would have been harder for you to get customers than it is now because the industry wasn't there yet okay um, I see what you're saying. No, i didn't think of it like that actually. yeah the, the industry wasn't ready um so the businesses that have been uh that have been there now have reaped the rewards because they naturally grew over time yeah um and now the past couple of years they've really boomed um because of the industry like let's be honest you know shisha for example um it wasn't a mainstream thing it was strictly for asians or arabs um edgeware road was the place for you to go um but now it's opened up to all ethnicities all walks of life um affluent you know middle middle class everyone smokes shisha now it's become almost like a um the new 
it's a social pub. thing, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. exactly. It's, it's a pub as opposed to, uh, it's, it's like a place where you don't have to drink alcohol, but you can have fun. You can have that experience. And you know what it is? It's so chilled out as well. You're sitting back, relaxing, smoking a shisha, whereas in other places it might be where it's quick in and out yeah. or, or, or very wild. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> it's yeah. one or the other. Exactly. So um, naturally, like I said, the, the industry wasn't there. Even now, when you look at um, the amount of brands that are there for flavors, for bases, um, the industry has come a long way. So I've obviously been a spectator of the industry for a long time. So mm. I know um, how far it's come. And, you know, I think if you if you wanted to get into Shisha Lounge, trust me, I, I would never... Uh, I, I always I would always push you to do it. I think um, it's it's one of those things where um, you have to really act as opposed to saying obviously it didn't work out for you for whatever reason, mm. but don't kind of see that as a thing of oh it didn't work out now I just need to chill. Yeah. Start thinking of okay cool the, the industry is very competitive now. What do I need to do to stand out even further now? Yeah, yeah. And how can I really get there this time mm. and make it make it a success? Um and you'll get there, man. You'll get 100%. there hundred percent. Do you wanna should we wrap it up now? Yeah. Up to you. Don't mind. What's the time? I think what's the time? Uh it's basically eleven o'clock, but we've been recording for what's that? An hour and ten minutes. Yeah. So you can just end it in a way where do you have any other questions, no? Um not so much now because yeah. I feel like we covered quite cool. a bit. So what do you think? Anything yeah. else you want to cover? No. Any questions you got for me? Anything? No, I just um, can just end it on a way where get people to engage. So end it with um, let us know your thoughts of the podcast. Um, make it about you now. Mm. So you can thank me for being on or whatever and then start talking about your podcast. Like, um, guys, I'm really working hard to give you valuable episodes. Um, I would really appreciate if you guys can give me some feedback. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Things like that. Yeah. Try, start being a bit more engaging so that people cool. start interacting with you Hamza it's been an absolute pleasure having you on here I want to thank you a lot man likewise I mean like I said there's so many different walks of life and for me your first time inspiration I've met from when I first joined Luxus or when I was 16, 17 I saw that and you inspired me so much and motivated me throughout my whole life so I really want to thank you be sure to follow Hamza if you want to follow, um, mention your socials. Yeah, if you want to follow me, um, I'm on Instagram. I am Hamza Zahur. So that's I am H-U-M-Z-A-Z-A-H-R-R. If you want to check out the restaurant, uh, Brio's, that's B-R-I-O-S, London, uh, on Instagram, on all social platforms. Um, and let us know what you thought of the podcast as well. Um, this is my first time being on the other side of, yeah, yeah, of, yeah, of the podcast. And so hopefully we'll have more reviews. Though. Hopefully you guys got some value out of it. Um, and if you ever want any advice, um, any questions you have, please let me know. Uh, reach out to me or, or Raheem uh, directly and, and I'll be happy to happy to answer those questions for you. Wicked. And guys, uh, don't forget to follow CEO Cast. Comment your feedback as well. Let us know what get knowledge you gained from this. And uh, also a question of the day. Let us know what kind of business idea you've got. What in, what inspires you? What do you want to do in your life? But um, I w- I just want to take this time to say thank you to everyone who's supported so far. Um, I didn't even see three hundred followers on Instagram coming so quickly. So I want to thank everyone for that. Um, be sure to subscribe, follow us on Instagram. We now have Twitter as well. I'll put all of them links here right now. Um, but yeah, I want to thank you so much. So hopefully you'll see you, I'll see you in the next one. Bye. Is that cool. Yeah, perfect, bro. That was sick. Cheers, man. Wicked. That went well, innit? <laughs> You're sick, man. I'll read that. Well, I'm excited to see the.